When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Homestand Leafs, powered by Sports Interaction Sportsbook and Casino, your homegrown sportsbook, Bet Local. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why Nick Robertson should be on power play number one. Well, on today's show, how back is Ilya Samsonov after shutting out the Jets? Why Nick Robertson should get a run on the top line? Why should Nylander care anymore? And listener calls. We got a lot to get to on the show, so let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this is Homestand Leaps. So maybe the most unbelievable thing happened this season <laughs> to the Leafs. Ilya Samsonov, who gave up six goals in Columbus on December 29th, was placed on waivers two days later. He cleared because no other team, 31 other teams in the NHL, did not want to touch this guy with a 10-foot pole. He goes down to the Marlies. Doesn't play with the Marlies. He I think he has one practice. Yep. Tries to get his mind right. Comes back. Has a pretty good performance against Seattle, but only faced 16 shots. And then a one nothing shutout performance against the Winnipeg Jets in what was maybe not only his best goaltending performance of the season, but his best goaltending performance since he's put on a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Can we start off this podcast with a standing ovation? First, Ilya Samsonov. And even more unbelievable, we saw Pulse from Leaf fans. The standing O for Ilya Samsonov. It moved him so much, the guy even almost started crying. Ellie, play the clip of Samsonov. Multiple times tonight, the crowd was chanting, Sammy, how does that feel? It's unbelievable, you know, like I almost cry what time I listen to this. You know, like it's just... Really important for me, really big moment for me, you know, like, it's huge. All right, so it's safe to say anybody who's watched that game knows that there's no chance the Leafs win that game without Ilya Samsonov, 32 save performance over his last three games, Justin, 2-1-0, and 1.31 goals against, 9-4-4 save percentage. He's got a shutout for you in that game against Winnipeg. What stood out the most for you? Um, what stood out to me was exactly what we just gave. You get a lovely opening too, <laughs> Ilya Samsonov. My oh my, what a performance. We're going to talk about that 2 on 0 that's gone all across hockey circles, all of that. But um, just how sharp he was. Just the fact that when I never really thought that the Leafs were in any danger of you know getting scored on because he looked so in control of his game. I don't know what it was. And we talked about it on Wednesday's podcast that... You know, I was kind of a little bit hesitant. I'm like, ah, do you really want to start up against a really good team like the Jets? The Leafs have struggled against, you know, playoff caliber teams. Um, but man, Albert, he put on a performance. And how can you not feel good for this guy? He's gone from the top of the top last year. He was at the peak of his game. Outplayed Andre Vasilevsky. Gets hurt in the playoffs. You know, then th- th- cannot help his team, you know, get past Florida. Comes back this year after the offseason where the Leafs don't offer him a contract extension. He has to go to arbitration. He has to hear all the things that the Leafs have wanted to say about him and all of that. And he gets off to such a horrible start this season. Like you mentioned, he gets sent down to the minors. He talks about how, you know, it messed up his mental health, how he was in such a dark place. And to see a guy come up and rise from the ashes, I'm not saying he's fully back, 
But to put on a performance like that in front of that home crowd and to have them be all those corporate suits and all those people like that to actually have a pulse, like you mentioned, <laughs> was a great showing to stand up it for was. a guy like that. And I and you could tell just how much it meant to him in the post game, how much it meant to him to have the fans be receptive of that type of performance, how it felt for his teammates uh, to be receptive of that type of performance. And this is an instance where he's you know, could slowly start creeping back into becoming that number one with a bullet uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, we haven't heard of anything yet. They play the Jets in Winnipeg this Saturday. Yeah. Um, if I'm Sheldon Keefe and I'm the organization, I'm starting Samson off over mm -hmm. Jones. You, how can you not start him after that performance? You got to keep it going. Yeah. Because then they have this huge bye week, then it's the all-star break. Keep it rolling. It's going to be more difficult on Saturday mm -hmm. night against Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Hella Buck's going to be in net. Won't be Larry Brossois. Laurent Brossois won't be in net. Mark Scheifele looks like he's coming mm -hmm. back. It's going to be a very different game, very different atmosphere. But I just want to talk about that chance. The 2-on-0 mm -hmm. where he makes, what, three saves? It three was, saves uh, in that sequence? The the, the cross crease yes. and then the rebound. We've kind of... On the power play. So scorpion at least on the power play, just shorthanded. They get a chance to on O'Keefe lost his mind, which we'll talk about. Mm -hmm. But I'm watching that game. I'm sitting on my carpet in front of the TV. I'm stretching because my, my left hammy is going, and I had a game that night. Athlete problems. I popped. Not, no, trust me, I'm not an athlete. I popped like the rock coming back to the WWE when I saw those saves. I was so happy for the guy. I wasn't necessarily happy for the Leafs, and the Leafs won the game. Okay, that's great. And it's great for the podcast when we mm -hmm. talk about positive things. But I was so happy for him because his journey – has been so inspirational. Absolutely. And you watch what he's going through. He's talking about his parents and having conversations with his dad and his wife is sending uh, positive video messages his from kids. his kid. Like, yeah. so emotional. You got to think about what this guy is going through. He's not just fighting for his job. He's fighting for his career. Think about it. This guy goes on waivers. No one even takes a sniff to bring him in. And I get we're in a salary cap world. And you know, trying to you know, take on $3 million for a goalie who's lost his confidence yeah. isn't something you want to do. Clears waivers, goes down to the Marlies to, to reset and have a mental reset and comes back and he looks like this. I mean, it's just an amazing story. How can you not be happy for this guy? You you absolutely right. How can you not be happy for this Come on. guy? Um, I thought, I said on Wednesday's pod that, you know, maybe you do start Martin Jones in Winnipeg just to make sure that he gets his confidence back too because you're going to need essentially both of them. But yeah, you, do. you can also, like you mentioned, just ride the hot hand in this wave of Samsonov uh, and go into the All-Star break feeling really confident beating, a t you know, the best team in the Central Division on back-to-back -back, uh, games in your building, in their building on a Saturday night. They're going to be have, you know, Connor Hellebuck back in net. They're going to have Mark Scheifele to out-duel Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg on a Saturday night. That might be just something that's even more a feather in Ilya Samsonov's cap in this in this comeback or this renaissance that he's having. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm looking at the stats right now. He's you know 345 goals against average. But uh, in his last couple games, Albert, uh, I believe in the month of January, he's what three games played, two starts, one loss, a 1.31 goals against average, a 944 save percentage, right? Those are, you know, very good numbers. Now, it's only three games. It's a very small sample size. But what we've seen since he's come back up has been a much more controlled Samsonov, a much more in control of his game. Remember we saw earlier he was letting those leaky goals in, especially that yeah. Buffalo game. We're not seeing that anymore. We're seeing a guy who's not trying to do too much. He's playing freely. Rather than overthinking things, he's just reacting out there. And that's exactly what he did on, the, on that 2-0. 
uh, he just reacted. He reacted to the play. He was left out to drive by his team, and he reacted, and he made the save. He wasn't overthinking anything. He didn't get himself out of position. He played it smart, and I believe that is exactly what you need as a goalie, especially with a goalie who you know is always in his own head. Just play freely. Just react to things. Don't overthink, and you will be completely fine. And you're seeing that right now. Ilya Samsonov is playing completely fine. I would say the last two games, he's been the Leafs' best player, most consistent player. So I think Ilya Samsonov, this is a great story. This is great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and I believe that if he can continue this, he'll be the number one goalie once again for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is crazy to think considering, what, two, three weeks ago, we had no idea what you, we were going to expect. From mm. We were scared from to even play. We were scared. Remember the Detroit game? We were all like, oh, my God, the De- Red Wings might put up like a touchdown worth of goals in here. But look, he's played very, very well. And you have to give all the credit to Ilya Samsonov for coming back, fighting fighting against these the, the yips or whatever you want to call them, and putting on a performance like he did on Wednesday night. It was absolutely electric in that building, and it must have felt absolutely electric to be Ilya Samsonov that night. Yeah, well, I have to say, the Leafs goalie coach, Curtis Sanford, deserves a lot of credit mm-hmm. for this. He's been working with uh, Ilya Samsonov exclusively, trying to get him back and trying to get his mental right. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's going in that direction. I will say this, though. The question coming out of that, and people are asking, is he back? Is Samsonov back? I still need to see a couple weeks of this. You, we really do. To, to really believe that you know he can be a, a competent goaltender in the NHL once mm-hmm. again. And he doesn't have to be what he was against the Jets all the time. No. He does not have to be. But, and let's be real. The Leafs were horrible in that game. That first period, they were completely hemmed in. 16 shots yeah. against in the first period. I mean, if it wasn't for Samsonov, they, they would have been blown out by a team rolling up with their backup and missing some key stars in their mm-hmm. lineup in the Winnipeg Jets. But what also was so telling about that game is that this current version of the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's say they do make the playoffs, which is, is, is still likely, um, they will need... Dominic Hasek-esque mm-hmm. goaltending performances from whoever is in net in the playoffs to win games. They were horrible. And that's what this tells me. Going into the deadline, obviously you got to address defense, but you got to address your bottom six and it comes to defensive forwards because it was it – was, there was no defense. No, once again. like Zero. And if, if it's not for that type of goaltending, the Leafs don't even get past the first round. We saw it. We saw it in the Vancouver game on Saturday. They got to such a slow start, and they left Martin Jones out to dry. Yeah, man, Three they do goals. it time and time again. Exactly. If Samsonov, you know, if the, Samsonov didn't come up clutch in that first period, it would have been three, four, nothing after the first period anyway, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that is a problem with the Toronto Maple Leafs getting out to slow starts, or when they get out to good starts, then their play dips, right? Um, that is the 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 cause for concern. You're talking about it. You're gonna be relying on one of these three goalies, whoever it is, to play above their pay grade, above their skill set, as particularly at this time point in time in their career, to be like lights out, Hall of Fame level goalie. And that's just not feasible. No. Right? That is not feasible. And that's why this whole conversation about the deadline and all this is like, do they actually should make a move? Should they not make a move? Should they stand pat? Should they sell off assets? <laughs> right? Like that's where this team is. That's how dire this situation where this team basically needs superhero performances from Austin Matthews one night, Ilya Samsonov another another night, whomever on any given night just to win games and not win by a large margin, Albert. We're talking like one nothing in overtime type of thing, right? Where you need to have every single ounce and every single... Their measure, their... Is it measure of difficulty or their... What is it? Their level of difficulty? Level of difficulty, yeah. So their level of difficulty is so small that like they cannot... Um, 
They they have to play nearly perfect every game to win. Are oh, you talking about margin for margin error? Margin for error, there excuse you go. me. Margin Level for of difficulty. Are you it's talking Friday. about video games it's, or it's been a lot it's been a long week. I will say they, say this. Despite not playing as well, I mean in the last four, they're three one and oh. They beat the Flames, they lost to Vancouver in a tough game, almost came back in that game. Give them credit for that. Seattle and Winnipeg. And and at the end of that game in overtime against the Jets, it was a huge defensive stand because mm-hmm. Yarncrook took a penalty and they had to kill that penalty off and bounce back and win the game. Yes, they needed Samson off, but at points they stood up when they needed to and they relied on their best scorer in in the NHL right now to to kind of save them a little bit. But Nick Robertson deserves a whole lot yes, of credit for that we'll goal. We'll definitely talk about Nick Robertson. Let's take a quick break. Um, coming up after the break, let's talk about Sheldon Keefe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he benched a couple of his stars because they weren't performing on the power play. We'll talk about the benching, if it was right, and what comes next. Homestand Leafs is powered by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book featuring custom same-game parlays and prop bets you won't find anywhere else. So why bet with one of those American companies that don't know anything about your teams, players, or games that matter to you? Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. Obviously, they they make mis- they make a mistake in that in that spot, and you know it's. Uh chance for me to hold them accountable and, and get some other guys involved to go out and, and do the job for us. But those guys have, as we all know, those guys are, are uh, have been excellent for us and they carry the mail a lot of times for us. And um, tonight I made a mistake and, and others had, had to get a chance. All right. So that was Sheldon Keefe uh, talking about the two on O that he wasn't happy with when the yeah. Leafs were on the power play. He followed that up with benching some of his stars from the power play one. That was Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander. So by my count, so far this season, he's benched David Kampf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scratched him, actually. He benched Tavares, Amber Tuzzi, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. He said back in December that he's going to have a low tolerance for these types of mistakes, mm-hmm. and he's sticking by it, and he did something by benching those three players for two power plays. And I think this is what everybody wanted. But there seems to be some outrage as to why he did it. Why would you do it in a 0-0 game? But when else? Why not do it? do it when the Leafs are up 4 or 5 zip? You can't. It doesn't send the same message. The only thing I don't like about this whole situation, Justin, is that he benches them for two power plays. Okay, good on you for holding them accountable. But then you follow it up by putting the same power play out there again. You know, I get maybe you want to see if they're going to react to you benching them. They clearly didn't because they didn't score the power play. But why not mix it up? Why not do something different? Why not throw Max Domi on that power play instead of maybe William Nylander or Mitch Marner? We talk so th- that, that's the only issue I have with this situation. But credit to Keith, He didn't walk it back in that interview. But he, w- he was smart enough, I think, to praise the team saying, without them this season, more so Austin Matthews, the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't in a playoff spot. Kind of did walk it back. He didn't walk it back. I mean, but they, how is that walking it back? He's saying he goes, "I I'm not dumb enough. I understand that the, these guys carry this team, right. but I still have to send a message. That's not walking it back. Walking it back is what he did last season, where the following day he came back and apologized. That didn't happen this time. I get. It. I do see a little a hint of walking back. He didn't fully walk back. He didn't fully Michael Jackson moonwalk himself out of that situation. Just a little bit. Um, I don't understand why people would be upset about this. You're holding your star players accountable, right? That's the, what a coach's job is to do. Hold his players accountable for mistakes they make. That power play went 0 for 5 on Wednesday night. Bad power play. 0 for 5. They have how many millions of dollars is on that power play unit one, right? 
You cannot go over five. That game should not have gone to overtime whatsoever. The way Samsonov was playing, and you had ample opportunity on special teams to take advantage of it. The Jets had two power plays. The Leafs had five. To go 0 for 5 is very, very disappointing, especially with a team that with that much time. I know the Jets are one of the best defensive teams in hockey. I get all of that. But the fact that you allow a 2 on 0 on a... Uh, not even from, like... They didn't even attempted to back check it looked like. I couldn't... That was so bad. On the camera oh. shot, right? I'm like, oh, maybe... The, is there somebody coming back to, like, race back? Or, no. you know, make, like, dolphin dive into the into the camera angle? Nobody did that. They just left Samson out to dry there, Right? That right there is piss poor effort. That right there is the effort like William Nylander ever since he got his contract has been showing on a pretty game-to-game basis. Where the hell is William Nylander? We are talking about this guy being one of the best players, him deserving his money. Well, what happened after he signed the deal? He doesn't deserve that money anymore. He looks like he doesn't care anymore, right? Um, Not much motivation. Like, no, there's you, no when more. When you have everything, how much more motivation He's do got you the Rodgers commercials. He's got the $9-2 million in the bank it's now. The, it's the money, right? He's got everything. Like you work towards that your entire life. You reach the show, and now you get max money. Like, but you can't play with you can't win what, with those okay, guys. Okay, so yeah. what separates you know the elite players yeah. is all these elite players are going to get paid. Yes, no matter what. But it's who has that competitive spirit, that freakish competitive mm-hmm. c- competitive nature inside of them. That's the separator. You look at and right now, like you look at Nylander, and you're like, he doesn't have that. No. You look at a guy like, again, look at LeBron, look at, you know, McDavid, look at, McDavid hasn't won yet, but look at, you know, Brady in his prime. Look at Mahomes right now, right? All these guys that are, you know, the cream of the crop or elite players in their sport, right? They make all this money. LeBron's a freaking billionaire, and yet every single game he's out, well, not every single game now, it's advanced. (laughs) No, the NBA doesn't count. But but he still competes at a high level. You notice LeBron James every single game, right? You notice Connor McDavid. You notice... uh, Again, not to bring up the Canucks at all, but no, bring him up. It's you look fine. at a guy like JT Miller, signed that new eight-year deal, right? They basically picked him over Bo Horvat, who was the captain of the team. Ever since JT Miller signed that deal, he's been equal in the production he was doing before. He's been a driving force for the Vancouver Canucks, right? William Nylander is more talented than JT Miller. There's a higher profile than JT Miller, but he's not a guy, again, where when the competition increases his level of play increases. He's a guy now where he got paid, and he's just like, oh, okay, I don't have anything to play for now. I got my contract. Yeah. Who's that, Nylander? Nylander, yeah. He, I mean, let, play, let's, he played the 40 games, I unbelievable 40 games. All right, I get cool, it. I'm good now. Yes. So since he signed his contract, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. He has two goals to show for it. And how many points? Um, five, six, seven points. There you go. But it's just nine games. But, but is, that's an indicator, though, Albert. It, it is. In this Nine little window good, here, you're like, well, it's a decent sample contract size. year. He got his contract, and now he, he's taking his It's a decent his sample size, man. Because we saw him in Sweden. Yeah. He was he was unreal. Like, you couldn't stop the guy, and now that's completely changed. And it's not so much the production. It's If you watch the Leafs play, it's the lack of effort on the back check. Exactly. Those types of things. That Those are the separators, but Justin that's, that's what separates a playoff. That's what's so frustrating. A good team in the playoffs. And a team that's going to get we'll see. Let, Let's give him the rest of the season before we write him All off. Right. Let's give him the rest of the season. But I'm leaning towards he got his money. Where's He's the motivation now? now? The motivation is probably gone. Okay, where do you want to go next? You want to go to secondary scoring? Because I, really yeah. I really want to talk let's about this. Let's touch on that. It's a real big problem. Um, oh, sorry. One thing I want to touch on, the power play. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Last seven games, Justin Pooney, Toronto Maple Leafs power play, 
one for 20. That's horrible. It's one of the worst marks and in the league. You know what? Maybe you have a point there. You know how Keith loves to mix up the lines, right? Mix the first power play unit. Who do we know on this forward line who doesn't want to shoot the puck? Be Mitch Marner. No. Besides him. Willie Melander. No. Who doesn't want to shoot the doesn't puck? Want to Think shoot the Justin puck. Pooney. His father, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Oh, Max Domi. The guy loves yeah, to pass the puck. He's He did the same thing against the Jets. He's in the slot. He wants to pass the puck. The guy doesn't want to shoot. I would, he I talked about in interviews. He said when he was a kid, mm-hmm. he kept passing the puck, and his dad was telling him to shoot. His dad made Mario Lemieux and Matt Sundin call him and tell him, listen, if you want to go to the show, when you get there, what gets you paid is scoring goals. What a, shoot the puck. What a humble brag that was. You got to have Mario Lemieux and... And uh, so Matt this has Sundin been happening his entire you life. To shoot the puck. Yeah. Okay. And he's a great passer, great yeah. playmaker. That's why he racks up assists. But he put him on this power play. He has four elite players to pass to. Give it a shot. I don't know. Maybe it's going to work. Put him on the power play. See what happens. A, I also, my... Guy Boucher's not taking any heat here. He's running the power play. So. Yeah. But Come I, on, Guy. Maybe put a guy like uh, you know maybe Tyler Bertuzzi have more of a net front. What presence. the hell is Tyler Bertuzzi going to do? I don't. know. Maybe put somebody that in front of the net. Net front presence. John, Tav- John Tavares goes in front of the net and gets so frustrated that no one's putting pucks on the net because all they're doing is looking for fucking Austin Matthews. Because it's he the... comes out. I don't blame Tavares. Is Tavares really in the net from present? Put the puck on the net. I don't know. Change it up. I think get Max Domi out I there look, and do something. I, but then well, Max Domi, you look at the, the power play, right? Marner's always looking to find the. They're always going to do the same thing. They're going to look for Matthews to get the shot on net, well, right? More that's off, the number more option. Sometimes it works. So I get exactly. it. More often than not, it works. But that's but now teams are loading up on that. They know you're going to pass it to Matthews. Yeah. So you got to add a different element to it. Maybe do you switch it up and or even just the. Keep the same guys, but leave the same delivery. This whole thing where they drop the puck back and circle back. Yeah, Some, but, but it, see, it works, though. It, so, you, to get the, gain the entries, but try something different. I know. A little, right? a little soft dump and chase. I don't think you're dump and chase on the power play. Still top 10 power play in the league. It still is, but for now, I mean, you continue on this trend, you're going to be... Okay, quickly. Secondary scoring yes. uh, is still a nightmare. And I want to bring this up because we want to talk about Nick Robertson, mm-hmm. who had another good game. Um, but listen to this. David Kampf, zero goals in 19 games. Gregor, zero goals in 17 games. Nye, zero goals in 14 games. Bertuzzi, zero goals in 13 games. Tavares, zero goals in 10 games. Jarn Kruk, zero goals in nine games. Daumi, zero goals in six. And one goal in 16 games. How the hell are you supposed to win anything? You can't. With that type of secondary but scoring. You, we, Justin, we talk about goaltending and defense and how maybe they need defensive forwards as well. They need some force to put the puck in the back of the net. But you, what are you going to do? You, these guys you brought in are meant to score goals. They're just not doing their job. Right, I got you paying Bertuzzi and Domi what like almost eight nine million combined. Yeah, five and how, five and, and three. how many and how many do they have? Ten goals this season combined between them. That's horrible. <laughs> that is horrible. Between Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi, you have ten goals combined. Yeah. If one of them had ten goals so far this season, it would still be a, a mis- it would be a bad signing, right? If Bertuzzi had ten goals this year, I'd be like, that's still pretty under underwhelming, right? The fact that they have ten goals combined is horrible. Yarn Crow, you know. Even Nyes with eight goals this season. Like, you need more from these I mean, guys. He's a rookie. I'm willing to give him more of a pass. And he plays more of a complete game. But let's talk about Nick Robertson. Let's do it. Seven goals, seven assists this season. Four goals, two assists in his last seven. Had a career high in ice time. He did. Against the Jets, 17-08. Got to play in overtime with Austin Matthews, and that ended up working out. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think, why not give him a run on the top line? If you look at some of the players to play with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner on the first line, Bertuzzi's got six goals. Nice has got eight goals. Holmberg has got two goals. I know Holmberg hasn't been up as much. But mm-hmm. you're looking at Nick Robertson, who's who can clearly score the goal. Matthews is trusting him because yep. he's, he knows he's a guy that he can play make with and pass to who can get the 
the puck in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Maybe Robertson gets a little run on the top line after the break. We know he's not going to. He keeps going to switch it up. But I want to say this. Nick Robertson played like an absolute dog. In a good way. I loved it. Right? He played. He was all over the ice. He was chasing after guys, getting after loose pucks, getting into the corners. And Albert, this guy's what? 5'9", a buck 78. <laughs> he's not the most imposing guy physically, but he's getting into the dirty areas. He, really he was playing like a guy who knows that if I was given this opportunity to play with Austin Matthews, I'm going to take full advantage of it. I'm not going to take it for granted because God knows that I this could be my last opportunity to play with Austin Matthews. Right? He took full advantage of it. And I love to see that from guys. We're talking about William Nylander, who doesn't really look like he's engaged right now. Nick Robertson is fully engaged and playing like his career is on the line right now the last couple of games. And I absolutely love that. He's doing the little things. That goal in overtime was all Nick Robertson. Austin Matthews scored the goal for sure. But that goal is no, not even a goal if it's not for Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson played great on Wednesday night. Behind Ilya Samsonov, he was one of the main catalysts for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win that game. Um, And I was very impressed with what I saw about him. Um, Sheldon Keefe, you need to take notice, right? If he can play like that, if he can be that energizer bunny, that guy that can just get in on on the forecheck, get loose pucks, go to those dirty areas, go to to those areas where, you know, other players don't want to go. He's a smaller guy too, right? So he can sneak behind defensemen and stuff like that. And he's he's got offensive skill to score goals. So he can be that guy where, you know, he can be in the open and Matthew DeMarra can find him and he can put the puck in the back of the net. If Nick Robertson can play like that or even... 90% 90% of that on a night-to-night basis, he can definitely be a staple on that first line going forward for the remainder of the season. Yeah, give Nick Robertson a run. He definitely deserves it. Listen, he's he's making the most of his opportunity. He's not Jason's brother anymore. He's Nick now. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. We disrespected <laughs> him on the podcast, called him Steve Korea, and now he's playing like Paul. From yeah. Steve to Paul, this is yeah. what I'm talking about. Okay, let's take a break. We'll come back with Burton Pooney's bankroll booster, mm-hmm. and we got some voice messages from you, the fans. We'll play those coming up after the break. All right, it's time for Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, brought to you by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. There you go. You got it out, Justin Pooney. <laughs> Jets at home to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who you got on Saturday night. Saturday night in Winterpeg, a.k.a. Winnipeg. You know that Jets crowd is going to be fired up inside whatever the arena is called now. I don't even know what it's called. But Jets money line. Connor Hellebuck is back in net. Mark Shifley will probably be back as well. The Jets will win this game. Exact some revenge from Wednesday night. But Leaf fans, do not worry. Austin Matthews seems to find the back of the net every night, and he'll find the back of the net once again on Saturday. Take Austin Matthews anytime goal score. Yeah, I'll ride with you on the money line for sure. Samsonov needs to be like Dominic Hasek once again, and I don't expect that to happen. Uh, no. Also, I'm taking Mark Shifley to score a goal. He was in practice, expected to play. He loves playing the Leafs. I know he does. Who doesn't like beating the Leafs more than Mark Shifley and the Winnipeg Jets? All right. That was Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster, brought to you by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. You know the drill. Bet local. Okay, Pooney, let's get to some uh, some listener messages. We got a few in today, um, ranging from different topics around the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Ellie, producer Ellie, if you want to play one of them for us right now. Hey, guys. I uh, love the show. I uh, just wanted to talk to you guys about the game on Wednesday. It was a great atmosphere, one of the loudest. I've heard the uh, Scotiabank uh, Arena uh, outside of a playoff game in a long time. So that was good to see for Sammy uh, making those big saves. Uh, one guy who really stood out to me was Nick Robertson. I know you guys have talked a little bit about him, but like 
this guy should be getting more of a role, like for sure. Like I know he's a bit of a defensive lap sometimes, but he's out there uh, skating hard in the offensive zone, was creating a lot of chances on Wednesday. What do you guys think about Robertson's game lately? I think, like I said before, last block, Nick Robertson's been a dog, man. If he plays like that and he plays with that type of tenacity and that type of energy, I honestly think he could be on the first line the rest of the season. He's got a guy who's got skill. He's mentioned where he's a high draft pick. Did you say first line for the rest of the season? I think so. Ooh. He's not going to, I mean, I'm saying it facetiously because he's not going to be there because Keith's going to change the lines up probably tomorrow night in Winnipeg in the second period. <laughs> right. But um, what I'm saying is he, his play warrants him to get that type of opportunity for him to get more ice time, to get the opportunity to even play on the first power play unit. We're talking about change up hell. Put Nick Roberts on the first power play unit. He's the guy that can retrieve pucks. He's the guy that can be a net front presence if you really need him to. To be do it Nick Robertson I'm a big believer if you play well you deserve to get an increased opportunity you shouldn't be resting on your laurels that's how you keep your big guys accountable because a guy like Nealander could be what the hell why is Nick Robertson taking my spot on the first power play well because Nick Robertson is coming out and playing every game very hard that is why I believe what Nick Robertson is doing right now is so commendable it's so good and it's bring hopefully it gets other guys going as well yeah it takes some of the pressure off those guys mm-hmm. to score goals as well the big money makers I know they're paid to score some goals but you need scoring some? throughout well, the entire lineup score a whole he, lot of he was at the game that was Sean thanks to Sean yeah. he was talking about the atmosphere so the first period was brutal it's yeah. like Samsonov is standing on his head he's Patrick Wally, he's Brodeur wrapped into one mm-hmm. in that first period you can hear a pin drop in that Stadium. Well, that's what you, get when you have corporate fans. I know it happens a lot, corporate but fans. but they bounce back. They gave him a standing ovation. They did the Sammy Sammy chant when they scored the overtime winner. It sounded like a playoff game. Look. So credit to the Leafs fans for that. But unfortunately, sometimes it just feels like the atmosphere is just way too dead. We know what Leaf fans are. It's a corporate event. It's a networking event. You go there with your suit on. You network. You, you go you, there with your you suit close on. a couple business deals. The real fans are all at home watching it on TV because they can't afford to get. They got to do like a twenty dollar night or something. Where don't they do? That, don't they do seat. that for like students or whatever on like a when they play like a one o'clock on like a Wednesday yeah, afternoon? Yeah, yeah. No, the Raptors whatever. do that. Raptors. No, don't the Leafs do that too? Do they? I know the Raptors do that. I know for the Raptors sure. do that, but I don't, the imagine Leafs one do. night a season. MLSC's got more money than God. How about one night a season? Yeah. It's like thirty bucks. You can sit wherever you want because first come, first serve. You think MLS is going to do that? No, no probably not. But Never. I would love to see that type of atmosphere. Hell, you, I will you, say during the playoffs, it's pretty rocking. But that's you want the, it. That's the playoffs are a yeah. different level, right? Yeah. Listen, I get, I get Leafs fans, and I get the frustrations you have with ownership and the players making money and not delivering the goods. But at the same time, you when you go to the game. To- I mean, you got to try and support the team as much as you can. I know but, it's hard to, but when you go, cheer. And I, I did a TikTok. I'm a TikTok star now. All of a sudden, yeah, just you joking. are. I'm just joking. Just he is. You fall. But but it's not just like it's it's not this the suits, right? It's everybody. But it's they, the entire stadium. You can sit in the 300s. It's still quiet up there. I've been to those games. There's no suits in the 300s. People will tell you this, right? The people will say, well, they're pricing out the fans that want to be over the top and be over. Oh, I know. It's all, when you go to a, if you go to a Raptors game, you go to a Leafs game. It's all about. I'm gonna be on my phone, make sure that everybody knows I'm at the game. Right? But you could say that about any market, really. It's true. It's you true. I mean, again, the only sport I really think it's different is if you're the NFL, right? That that's different, right? Yeah. Where you go to like Kansas City, you go to Buffalo, you go to Baltimore, you go to you go to Detroit, right? If it's producer Ellie screaming in my ear right now, <laughs> uh, you go to any. It's different, right? Football is different, but in hockey, right? There are places where you know what you go there and you should cheer. You should be loud. Put the phone away. Enjoy the game. You're watching the best right. athletes in the world. You know, do what they do. Put the phone away. You, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You can make a reel when you get home. You can edit on the go train on the way home. Enjoy the game. That's it. Just enjoy the game. I will say this. NLL. 
lacrosse, good times. They play music throughout the game, scraps, fights. It's a good time. I'm Everyone's drinking, guy. bouncing up and down. I will say this. One thing that really bothers me, and this is, is not just the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's, it's most major markets in every sport across mm-hmm. North America, is that they've priced out families. Like yeah. if, if you and your wife, let's say you got two kids and you take them to a game, you're buying the tickets just to walk through the door. It's probably about $200 a ticket. You're talking right? about, uh, I don't know, it's for certain Well, I'm just games? saying, let's just say it's about 200 bucks a ticket. That's already $800. Then you're paying 50 bucks for parking. Dad wants a beer. Mom wants a beer. That's 30 bucks for two beers. Little Jimmy wants a drink. That's 10 bucks for a cola. Susie wants a drink, too. That's another $10. Then they want to eat. That's $20, $25 per hot dog with French fries. Yeah, then the kid's walking by. He sees a Mitch Marner sweater. I want the sweater. That sweater's going to run you $200. Next thing you know, the parents are walking out of there, $1,500 light. Yeah, man. It's, like it, they've they've priced out they've priced out the common family and yeah. that's unfortunate because when I was growing up we were able to go to games a little bit cheaper than what it is now I mean now it's ridiculous but you want to take your kids to go watch a game you want to take the family out like it has to happen once every few years because of how much it costs you could go to you go to Mexico for an all inclusive vacation for the same price pretty much there you right? go like you want to go watch and to boot you go watch them play Columbus and they lose yeah oh there's fifteen hundred dollars down the drain. Anyway, we're getting way <laughs> off topic here. That just really bothers me. That, yeah, that no. sticks in my you-know-what. Okay, Ellie, play another clip. Now, I was looking at an NHL top defenseman ranking the other day, and uh, Morgan Riley didn't even crack the top 20. I mean, that is just a load of... <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say Riley would be, like, a number two defenseman on, on a better team than the Leafs. Uh, I don't know if I fully buy that. I really think, like, when he's going, he, he could you could argue he's, like, a top 10, top 15 defenseman in the league. Uh, do, do you guys think Riley is a legit number one NHL defenseman? And uh, what have you thought of his season so far? Thanks. Justin Pooney. Bruh. Morgan, Morgan Riley, Riley, top 10 defenseman in the NHL? Absolutely not. You you answered the question itself. Absolutely? Absolutely not, I said. Oh, not. You answered the question yourself. Morgan Riley would be a great number two defenseman on a Stanley Cup winning team. He is not a number one with a bullet defenseman. He's not Kale McCarr. He certainly as hell is not Quinn Hughes. He's not Victor Hedman. He's none of those guys, right? He's not, you know, pick whoever else you want out of the elite defenseman group in the NHL. He's none of those guys. You look at this guy, he's ready to get 68 points this year. That's really good, right? But is he that two-way guy, that shutdown guy that guys fear? I don't think so. I think Morgan Riley's a very good defenseman. Don't get me wrong. He's a very, very good defenseman, an all-star caliber defenseman, but there's levels to this. He's not on the level of the elite, elite defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, I'd probably throw him in the top. He'd be in the top 20, top 15. The top right 20, now, we're talking about like he's a top yeah, two. Top right now, he's top eight number. in scoring, but that, that doesn't tell you the whole story about a defenseman. Exactly. I thought he had his best playoffs last postseason. He's had a great season so far. I mean, he's one of these defensemen, though. You can really you can put anybody beside him, and he's still going to be good. I go back to what I said a, what, a couple of days ago on the last podcast mm-hmm. where you know, him and Luke Shen were the best pairing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, if you put Luke Shen on most top pairings across the NHL, I don't know if they're as successful. I don't know if that's because of Morgan Riley or, uh, he played or because Quinn Hughes in Vancouver too. He was pretty successful there. Yeah, to, for him to crack into the top ten, I mean, that's it's Hughes, McCard, no, Dobson's been great, Hedman, uh, Roman Yossi, Darlene. I think Carlson might just be in and around the ten still. I know he hasn't been as great this season, but he's coming off a hundred plus point season. Norris, um, but definitely, I mean, Morgan Riley is still. I think he's one of the better defensemen in the league. Can he crack the top ten? I think it's definitely up for debate. Okay, we got one more message. That was from Stevie, by the way. Thank mm-hmm. you, Stevie. Uh, can you play it, Stevie? Or Ellie? <laughs> I don't understand what 
Sheldon Keith does. This guy fucking puts his lines one way and then goes the other. I, I, you know, it drives me nuts. You say the guy has success during the regular season. Okay, when it comes to the playoffs, he folds like a fucking lawn chair that you see at the fucking X, this guy. This guy's a shithead is what he is. The players don't like him. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's a real, real prick, the guy. You know, not a guy you want to be around. But, oh, yeah, this is the least head coach and this and that. Yeah, MLSC doesn't give a shit about winning. All they want to do is make fucking money, these guys. Fucking joke. We got a really angry Leafs fan. Wow. Not a Keith fan. Jeez. Not an MLSC fan, Justin Pooney. Well, let's unpackage there. First of all, um, speak up a little bit if you're going to call in. It's kind of hard to hear. Um, second of all, uh, look, man, that's the, the the coach they hired. And as much as you hate MLSC, they control the Toronto Maple Leafs. They can do whatever the hell they want, and you're going to watch no matter what, right? Like, you, they can hire me and Albert to be the head, next head coaches of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're still going to watch. You're still going to watch every game, and you're still going to get upset. It, it is what it is. Look, it is. Sheldon Keefe, is he a prick? No, he's too nice, right? If you want a prick, hire a guy like Craig Berube. Hire he's got some edge, though. He's, he's got, got he's got some edge, but he's not a full-on. Did you watch prick. that All or Nothing? Yeah, every second word is a curse word, just yeah, like that, we just heard. But just we now. saw that with Mike McCarthy on uh, Hard Knocks with the Dallas Cowboys. Is he a prick? Nah. nah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, look, like Sheldon Keefe is a good NHL coach. He deserves to be a he deserves to be a head coach in the NHL. Um, is he a Stanley Cup winning head coach? Well, the only time will tell. Well, no, but, because he doesn't have a cup. Well, again, I said You're a Stanley will. Cup winning head coach, Justin Pooney, if you have a Stanley Cup. I'm saying does he have the potential to be a Stanley Cup winning Why not? Why not? Listen, Listen I'm not the biggest key fan And then uh, the what was the other thing with MLSC? Well, you know MLSC. We've already answered that. Yeah, they're already making money and they don't care. Um, That's entirely There's excuse. an argument for that, too. There's an argument for that, too, because no matter which way the Leafs are going, when the Leafs went through those years where they were horrible, no play... Before Austin Matthews, this team was not great. And that they were still making money. They were still selling out crowds. Print, the, the day it, these things will change once fans decide not to show up to these games. And you fans are but, not going to do that. But it's not just you fans. You mentioned it's corporate. Yeah. That thing, that's never going to change with the never. Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a business, bro. Which means that the Toronto Maple Leafs may never win a Stanley Cup ever again. 1967. It's about the bottom line more than the cup. Simple as that. You know what? I hate to agree with you, but I might have to agree with you on that one. All right, that's it from us here at Homestand Leafs. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, that's Homestand Leafs three times a week. And you can find us anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. And don't forget, guys, to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. That will make Justin Pooney a very happy man. Also, if you want to send in a question, either through an email or a voice message, send them to Leafs at HomestandSports.com. We'll read or play your questions, concerns, or insults towards Justin Pooney on our Friday episodes. That email, again, is Leafs at HomestandSports.com. And for Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Leafs. <laughs>